Hello and welcome to Company of Two with me, Laura Oldfield, and my friend, colleague and fellow Company of One, Claire Venus. In this show, Claire and I discuss what it's really like to be a mother running their own Company of One, which, let's be honest, can be a juggle. In discussing stories with depth, behind-the-scenes snippets and honest shares of our feelings around being, balance and business in motherhood, we hope to share the truth about the joys and struggles of modern-day life as a heart-led small business owner. We'll also be hearing from you, the listener, sharing your questions and experiences about this wild ride that is entrepreneurship. We're creating an honest community of humans supporting each other. This is no Instagram highlights reel. Instead, it's time to delve deep into what it's really like when a company of one becomes a company of two. Hello, welcome back to Company of Two. Laura and I have got together again on Google Hangouts today, haven't we, Laura? Love a Google Hangout. If you're like me, you're everything Google apart from your phone. You cannot go wrong with a Google Hangout and it's free. So if you're experimenting with hosting video calls, I recommend it very highly. How are you doing, Claire? It's beautiful, isn't it? This is my first Google Hangout, so I'm very (laughs) excited. I like the buttons. Yeah, I'm good. It's beautiful in Northumberland today. And I had a little think about my day and thought, I am inside behind a screen a lot. So I need to make the most of the fact that we are a day after the solstice and we still got lots of lovely light in the evenings and plan Mm. some Something lovely into the evening tonight. That's what I'm feeling. That's gorgeous. I'm in, after this podcast, I'm getting a train into London. I'm working in London a lot today. I'm going, I've got big sessions at the Barbican, preparing for an opera I'm doing. And I don't know if you've been to that area of London recently, but because of the way they've built all the high rises, you go to these certain points and it's just these wind tunnels everywhere. It's this really bizarre dystopian landscape. But once you're in it, you sometimes get these incredible shafts of sunshine that poke through and it's really futuristic dystopian because it's own bizarre beauty so I will be thinking of you as you are surrounded by Northumberland countryside and the salty tang of the (laughs) air and I am smelling London (laughs) later in today that sounds amazing this whole thing about my very busy week being based in London is reflective of how we really want to be extremely honest about how things that sound all shiny and exciting like Laura's jetting off to London every day this week to do an opera. The reality and the honesty of it is somewhat different. Yes, there's moments that are completely glorious, but there's a lot more going on behind the scenes. And that's why this is the honesty episode. And I know there's a lot we're going to share, isn't there, Claire? Yeah, I just feel like we've both got so much to say and we both feel very generous in that area. So we're not worried about setting up a certain expectation of how we've just got it all together all the time. Like we really want to break that down. And what we decide to share on social media or on other platforms is what we decide to share in that moment. And we don't ever want to build up a picture of ourselves that looks like the way that we just ace everything all of the time. We want to share what's been going on and get a bit deeper into that because there is some of that that definitely comes from a place of being practiced and experienced in the juggle, the balance, mm. the managing and all of the freelance things. And there's some of it that still catches us off guard, doesn't it, Laura? Yeah. And I think it's, we're going to be talking today, anything about from the tiny things. Let me give you an anecdote. I want you to imagine my setup. If you're listening now, we are going to put some video out, but 
I'm sitting in our study. We're trying to sell our house. So half of my stuff is hidden in my car because when you're selling a house, it has to look like you don't live there. But I've been trying to set up this new microphone setup. So simple, so easy. I'm a musician. You'd think I'd know how. But of course, I didn't have, it came with the wrong USB cable. So then there's a frantic search in my car for the right USB cable. And then it says it's not aligned with the new microphone. And then you plug it in and it says, are you setting up Windows or Mac? My point is that you look at something like this podcast recording. And even though in our hearts, we know that things aren't always slick and simple and easy, that visual tells one very specific story when the reality is often so much messier. And I think that messy middle of motherhood, that messy middle of what balance looks like for us, what being looks like for both of us as people who champion that and who work very hard on it because Mm. it is such a core value for us both. The reality is so often different and it is not a destination. It is a constant effort and bringing about that sense of balance and being. I think we need to acknowledge that it is hard work to Mm. find it and that when people say, my work is easeful and easy, yes, it is sometimes, but that doesn't come by luck. That comes by design. And sometimes it doesn't come. And so I thought it would be good to share a little bit about our current circumstances and the mess and then the places where there there are ease in our lives. Because I know that even though Claire and I are very close and talk nearly daily on WhatsApp, I look at Claire, who I admire so much, and I look at what your life looks like. And if I just focused on the moments of you sitting in the garden on your egg chair, or I've put down my work, I'm going to be with Luna, but yeah, I've created all this beautiful writing. There's part of me that would look at you with envy or disbelief at Mm. times. And it would be great to unpick what that messy middle really does look like for you in your business and your business of being a mother. Oh yeah, totally. And I love that we can have those conversations. Like I was really honest with you this week, wasn't I, about getting up super early and you said what time? And it was like before four, like I just got up and started working before four. And that isn't typical or usual, but there is this surge before summer solstice in me of early morning energy, early morning creativity. And also it seems to have timed with me being invited to work on some really big projects, some extra work that's landing in my inbox and this drive to put things down for the summer holidays. And I think you're the same, Laura, your holidays look very different to your term time work. And all I can do is be called and driven by the motivation to keep doing that, knowing that then when it hits the summer holidays, everything looks very different. And the only way that I can do it is by, and I do this every single day, once I pick my son up from school or if Dave picks him up from school, that's it. Like I don't do any more after that. So that's like half past three in the afternoon. That's me finished, completely finished. Like I've tried before to think, oh, can I like do a little bit more around tea time? Maybe if Dave's making tea or he takes the kids out or whatever to the park. And actually, no, I feel like I've done, I've shared everything that I can. 
that day in that window. But on that day that I text you about being up really early, I did fall asleep a little bit on the sofa with Luna and it was glorious. She went yeah. enough on me. She's two and a half now, but she still is very tactile like she still wants to be on a person for naps if she can get away with it you're trying to roll in the way thing and I'll just go hand some laundry out but yeah I just embraced that moment with her it's been really warm so you know what kids are like they get really affected by all of that environmental stuff and just feeling a little bit off kilter there's nothing really but it's just there's something and nothing so she slept terribly last night actually and that's the first time in ages and you go okay like I had a plan for today, but because she slept terribly, I won't have slept really very well. And so I need to, right here and now today, pull something back and better mm-hmm. understand how I can plug into the priorities, I think is what I want to say today. Okay. The plugging into the priorities. And that is so crucial when we're running our own company of one. And I think one of the biggest myths that we need to dispel around this is the struggle we have when. We know that we have this autonomy over our time to an extent. So as you say, those kind of overarching deadlines for us both are July the 21st, it all gets put down. The laptop gets shut. The social media apps are deleted, if not deleted already, because that is something that is a core value for us both. And also it's a very handy core value for us both because our ideal clients the people that we work with, the businesses that we work with, a lot of them will be experiencing very similar patterns and rhythms in their work. So it's convenient for us to do that as well. And I don't think we should dismiss that, that it is a convenient thing for us to do. But simultaneously to that, it's like we have this beautiful overarching umbrella of what our time is going to look like. And we're both pretty good at adhering to that. But then there comes these points where work comes in. How do I say no? Is it okay for me to say no? And body brain is saying one thing is saying, no, you need to put something down. You need to rest. You need to prioritize you and your well-being. And there's a part of you going, I'm a company of one, so I should be able to do that. I should be able to cancel stuff. But there are still deadlines. There are still other people who are expecting something of me. And I think it's really important that we recognize that. And so I think one of the big things that I have really had to consider as I look at what that balance and blend is for me and for my family is learning genuinely how to say no in a way that doesn't leave me feeling guilty about leaving money on the table or feeling guilty to my creative self and the third one which I wonder if you relate to is who else is picking up that work and when I'm in a place of spaciousness and generosity delighted I'm opening space for one of my beautiful peers to take this work on instead of me what a gift but when I'm in a point of and it always aligns with the point of overwhelm maybe it's that final email from parent pay saying you need to put some more money on the system for school oh, every time every time <laughs> that one is the one that gets me I'm like oh <laughs> not that when I thought that was sorted sometimes it's that kind of trigger where you're like yeah. oh my god I'm feeling yeah or you suddenly go oh my goodness it's so close day tomorrow but it's not just that I've got to bring in sweets but I've got to make sure that they're the correct and that, and you're suddenly going, there's still all this on my shoulder. And it's not even just 
the mental load of having to do the stuff, but it's so often that they're coming with that financial consequence. This will cost me money. And learning to put work down when there are all those other considerations is something that I continue to have that internal battle. Yeah. It's tricky. It is tricky. And I feel like sometimes I feel like I get it. And then other times I break my own rules because I feel like it's okay to do that. And I almost resent myself for doing that. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So last summer I said, I'm not working with any one-to-one clients over summer. And that felt really good to give everybody that heads up. That was it. I was stopping for six weeks and I wasn't going to be doing anything else. And then when I was putting that boundary in place, it was meaning that people were like booking in before or then thinking about the future. So if they wanted to book two sessions and that felt like it felt okay, but there was still part of me that was like, oh, but I should be open and happy to work with people when they want to work with me. It was a bit of a struggle. And this mm. year I haven't said anything. I've just deleted my calendly so that nobody books in. It didn't feel yeah. like I had to make a big statement. Yes. Whereas last year I was like, hey, okay, like, I think people need to know. And now I'm like, okay, no, I'll just delete the dates and the calendly and then we'll see. I'm very conscious that I want to have a certain design to my summer and I need to have a certain design to my summer holidays. We've got a trip away, we're going to London and then we're like, I'm curious about whether I might be able to fit a trip into Edinburgh as well. But at the same time, I don't want to just hold six weeks where it's so spacious that I don't know what my structure is anymore. Yes. It's just that bit, isn't it, of that teetering on the edge and going, and I'll be really honest, I think I need to look at my income spreadsheet because the work that's come in over the last couple of weeks is quite complicated sometimes the way that I get paid and the way that I have to invoice through certain organizations. And it can be quite slow. So cash flow can be a little bit tricky at times. Massive. Yeah. So Massive. I feel like I need to clock that a bit and go, okay, what does that look like? Because I think that will then give me the the confidence to go, oh, no, Claire, you're all right. Come on. Six weeks. Have the six weeks. Be an artist. Be a creative. Be a mum. Be a wife. Yeah. And I was saying to you, yeah. on my husband's birthday last week, and I felt quite tantrumy about it because I just wanted to make him a beautiful color. And it went well. Yeah, it's awful. And then when I realised what I'd done, I'd used twice as much butter as you were meant to in the recipe, which sounds <laughs> the most ridiculous mistake. But that's what I'd done. I love baking, and I love. I love but yeah, not in that context. It's yeah. too much. And I think in that, it was because I was still spinning from the day that I'd had. And it was another thing on the to-do list. Instead of slowing down and being like, I'm going to enjoy the process of baking, I was trying to make it work within what was quite a busy day, the day before his birthday. And then I did another one the next day. I did try some of it. Bless him. It's very sweet with me about <laughs> baking uh, catastrophes. But I tried another one the next day and it was perfect. And I slowed right down. And I enjoyed the process of slowing down to bake a birthday cake. I enjoyed the process of everything else can wait. I enjoyed the process of if the kids needed time with me in the middle of trying to do the recipe, I stopped. Oh, yeah. And it was like, yeah. it's so easy, but how did I get it so wrong the day before? Because I was in a different energy space. And that's why I feel like it's so sacred to just honor those holiday times, isn't it? And to try and pull back when things have 
picked up. I think it's our industry as well, Laura. I think in the creative industries, there's a lot of creative energy surge happens around this time of year. Things are just flying in. People are just working at this pace. And then you're like, where were you in January? It's <laughs> that summer solstice yeah. energy. And my work as a singer is something that I'm constantly having to balance. And I was saying to you that between now and the 5th of July, I have more work than I've had in the past three months combined. It is just constant. I knew it was coming and it's here now and it's brilliant because it's so rewarding and I'm really tired at the same time. And it's not like I've been in a position, and I think it's really important to acknowledge this, in my company of one, I have, I simply haven't been able to put down some of the things that need to be put down. I have clients who I need to honor because they're on longer term contracts with me. The singing work has come in later and I can do both. The personal cost is simply no headspace for me in that time. So I am aware that this is a finite period, but I'm just having to be really aware of what I need to do. And that for me often looks like things like going you're going to make sure that you've got a fully stocked fridge. Yeah, you're going to make that. so that you can so that you can nourish your body yeah. and not be panicking and not be sulking about the fact that you've got no food for you or the children. Yeah. It, and so that looks like booking in a couple of Sainsbury's deliveries, yeah. and that that really reassures me. It's things like going, can you know, to my husband when I'm at, can you wash the bedding because actually mm-hmm. I know I will relax if like I'm sleeping on fresh line dried sheets. Yeah. And I think when I mentioned earlier, it's not about, it's not about saying that this balance thing is easy. You have to really tune into those things that you need and deserve so that when there are these busy periods, you're making more efforts to honor those things because they're easy when you've got the long summer holiday and the kids are happy and they're at a play date. Of course, it's easy for you to think I'm going to go and do some journaling and then I'm going to go and ground my feet in the grass and then I'll go yeah. to a sandbox or whatever it looks like. I'm going to go yeah. and run 10K, whatever yeah. it is, not that for me, but whatever it might be for you, it could be one day, you never say never. And that's something that I've really observed is that I need those things more than ever. And this kind of draws on a wider point, which is I've read all the books, I coach and mentor, I've done a lot of thinking about this kind of at times, deeply toxic self-development world and at other times, this deeply helpful world of of kind of intellectual curiosity. Uh, And we've all heard, it's not a unique proposition, but this idea of do less. To be happy and content, we need to do less. We need to slow down and we need to do less. And one of the things that I've been reflecting on repeatedly is that the reason why it's hard to do less is because it's the constant act of paying attention And it's not, I'm going to make my diary more free and then I will do less. Because if it was that simple, or I'm going to charge more per hour so that I have more time. It's not that simple. If it were that simple, we'd all be doing it and we'd all be fine. It's about so much more than that. These feelings that maybe I should be doing more because then I'll deserve to have done enough. Or it's, I really love working and I find it really hard to stop. Or it's actually the space in the diary is a bit scary for lots of reasons. And I think having a very honest conversation about moving away from that that sense of productivity and success coming from our work 
without apologizing for loving our work because we're creatives and we're artists and it comes from the heart center is a really tricky one and one that we have to acknowledge and telling a woman just do less Mm. is insulting Mm. at best I think our sponsors here at company of two these mother-led small businesses supported our pilot episodes and the building of this community just for you we are so so grateful for their support please check out their businesses and follow them online by heading to our substack company of two on substack you'll find all the direct links to their social media if they write a substack and their instagram to get to know them better first up caroline evans bespoke parenting advice and support an early years practitioner Caroline says, welcome to my parenting world. I love supporting families and sometimes other childcare professionals in their adventures with babies and children. And I feel so privileged to be invited to share brief moments of many children's lives through the support and guidance I offer. You are all experts of your own children, but parenting can be hard. And we often no longer have the support networks in place that we would have many moons ago. So I invite you into my world to share with you my thoughts and insights on the challenges and the joys that you may face as you build relationships with these wonderfully precious little humans. Next up, Harani Arpea. Harani is an artist, writer and photographer from the Pacific Northwest. She specializes in fine art fantasy portraits and loves working with other creatives to bring a feeling of magic to life. Her debut novel is a dark fairy tale prequel co-authored with her elder sister. On Substack, Harini writes about her experiences with creativity, anxiety and motherhood, as well as sharing snippets of her own poetry and fiction writing. You can find a showcase of her photo shoots and behind the scenes details on her website or follow her on Instagram for more personal news and updates. Because there's always more to do. So even if, so say you've got your company of one and you've scaled it right back. Then there is all the life admin. You mentioned the pet hours is called parent mail. So there's the parent mail. Oh, yeah. So yesterday, yep. the school's fundraising for equipment. The decision is, how much do I donate? So there's a decision that's got to be made, a payment that's got to be made. I've done it now because I wanted it moved out of the way. I just thought, yes. I'll just do it. But that level of decision-making and not being in control of when those emails come in around both company of one, life admin, house admin, like, Every year our boiler breaks in winter with oil central heatings. It's just not many homes in the UK do anymore. There's only sort of one specialist. He gets really busy. And at some point we are without heating and hot water for a period of days in winter. It happens every single winter. We're more prepared for it seven years in, but it's still hard. It still feels hard to have to pick that up, to not be warm enough, to rely on the fire, the log burner downstairs and the electric shower, all that way. Obviously, there's a lot of privilege in living in the space that I live in, but there's also those things that completely throw you. Yeah. And I think that the anchor for me is about that balance of understanding when my self-worth comes from working, there's something off for me. Like I really 100%. need to understand my sense of self in the world without work. I need to understand my sense of self in the world without motherhood, without being a wife, without looking after the house. I need to understand what it is. And all of those labels and roles are part of what I do and love to do. But what is just my essence? And that's something that I've been working on for years. And it came up in my postpartum therapy, actually. And it was just such a shock to me. It was all such a shock to me. And now I feel like I get it more, but I still have to be 
careful in terms of we were talking about that work coming into your inbox where I'm being led by self-worth and ego and where I'm being led by sense of self and it's all okay and it'll all be okay so it's complicated and nuanced isn't it but I think that yeah there's a lot of opportunity in doing that work and searching soul searching a bit and it's also and I use this word very purposefully it's quite terrifying that is for me as somebody who really delights in like the academic achievements I've had I'm really proud of them who delights in being a good mum. I'm proud of the mum I am most of the time, not all of the time, but most of the time I love her. I'm, I'm a good enough wife. I'm a good enough friend. If I'm rubbish, sometimes it's because everyone is right. That's mm. cool. And I'm fine with that. We see this so much as well. My, all of my industry, all of my jobs, my teaching, my singing, my coaching, they involve my voice. And so to just be present and to be quiet and still when so much of my ego, both in the traditional sense of ego and my own sense of vanity mm. is, is tied up in that. So to have to put that down, no wonder I like podcasting, but to, <laughs> to put that down is really exposing and really scary. And there are sometimes, Claire, when I just can't touch that because actually trying to unpick that is not being kind to myself. If I'm not in the right mm. headspace, I will be picking holes in the whole sense of me who is actually wonderful. Yeah. I love me most of yeah. the time. <laughs> yeah. And so to be in a headspace where I'm trying to go, yeah, but what are you without this? And this is sometimes very unhelpful. Mm. When it comes back to the motivation behind the business, and finding the balance in the business, you're absolutely spot on. When the work comes in, there has to be the pause, the breath, the going, what, what is my gut response to this? And what's it telling me? Yeah. And I, I, the intuition, it's massive, isn't it? Absolutely mm. huge. Because straight away, it's not like being employed where you've got a job and there'll be certain emails that kind of set set you off in different directions and different thought patterns. But when you're a company of one, there's an author, isn't there? And that mm. initial sense of how does that feel? Yeah. And I think it's also worth acknowledging that we're making it sound like our inboxes are pinging 24-7 with six-figure offers. We need you to do this. We need you to do that. And of course, we both have periods. I was telling you just before we started recording about, I've just had this offer come in for in thousands of pounds of work, low thousands, but thousands of pounds of work for just a few days singing abroad. It's a really wonderful opportunity. And I really want to do it despite having not been abroad for a few years and wider anxieties around that and my own headspace around that. But it's a really, my gut said you would absolutely love this. You would love this. Just Laura would love this. Not the singer, Laura, just... How cool to be paid to go to Bratislava and sing this amazing music by a female composer. Yes, please. And also there's quite a lot of fallow time so I can be a tourist and I can use the time to think about my teaching and my coaching. Now that was like a big heart-led yes. And it was also a lovely moment of going, okay, so that would pay the mortgage, but also that means more ice creams on holiday. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that, that connection to self, and I think there's something in how much time, in minutes and hours, because we're doing a lot of weaving. So mm. with all of our roles, you know, it's this, then it's that, then it's school pickup, then it's dinner time, then it's wash the sheets day, whatever whatever day it is. There's a lot of weaving and there's a lot. And then when you go and just do a thing as yourself, because I've had these experiences as well, where I go away for a couple of nights to London or Edinburgh, and I've not done that in years, but I've done that for work. But I've felt wow I get to put mm. everything down I don't look after a house anymore I don't have to do any of the stuff with the kids Dave does that and then in those moments and when you tell me about London and you sometimes voice note me and you're, you're in London I'm there with you I'm just like, yeah I know I love it I love she it get a coffee she could get some sushi she could she go for a walk yeah. on the rim it's just amazing <laughs> isn't it and I think London does give you that. Like when I was working down there, when I was very young, people would be like, we're going to walk. And I'd be like, walk? Like they would just walk across London to these different kind of locations that they had to be in. And it was so expansive and so exciting. And there was so much to see and so much that feeds your soul. And I think that, and with this with me, I know this about myself, that I need those pockets of inspiration because otherwise things start to fall flat. And I'm like, something's not working. What's not working? It's because I haven't been anywhere to feel inspired I haven't nourished what I need to nourish and it's not just about jumping online and watching someone's masterclass or doing another course or reading a book it's actually being physically present in a place where you are just the essence of you I think I mean it's just glorious right and I think that's why it's just such a big yes isn't it when that works come in Sarah Schatz Sarah Schatz is a writer and interdisciplinary artist. Their work explores the intersection of creativity and neurodivergence. Sarah is author of Discover Your Creative Ecosystem, a holistic approach to developing your creative practice. Emily Charlotte Powell. Emily is an accountant by day, counting beans and crunching numbers for fellow creatives and an illustrator by night, creating quirky and whimsical artwork to bring words and ideas to life brighten your day and make you smile. She writes while I was drawing on Substack, sharing stories about the things she's lived and loved and learned as an illustrator, an accountant, mum, wife, daughter, friend, and all the roles we play in our lives. Hannah Harvey at Mum's Days. Hannah is an award-winning parenting blogger over at Mum's Days and hosts a podcast called Happily Ever After that covers everything from divorce and heartbreak to motherhood and identity. To join the community, head to mumsdays.com. That's M-U-M-S-D-A-Y-S.com. Totally. But I also think one of the things you are so good at doing with me, in particular, because you know me very well, that I think is useful for kind of everyone that's listening to this, to acknowledge those moments where there'll be sometimes when I text you and I go, yeah, so I've just put out an offer and it's crickets. Or I really want to have two new one-to-one clients. I've got this space in my diary but nobody seems to want it. And you've got in your head, like, I think this person might want it, or I'm pretty confident with this scenario. And I think this is where your experience of testing and adjusting that we spoke about previous episodes come back, but also that sense of you going, I have burnt it all down. I have restarted my whole life. I have done everything again. And even in those moments of genuine scarcity, where I burnt it all down, started again, had very little and built this incredible life that was safe and that was okay. And I think when people talk about their fears around money and they're very real, particularly at the moment, and I cannot bear the smugness of people going, it's just a mindset thing. 
it's, mm. that's infuriating to me because we know that's not true. What I also know to be true is that there is safety and reassurance in knowing there are always ways to make money. And as a purposeful, determined company of one, the resilience and the tools and the ability and the perseverance that you have to stick with that means that you are going to be safe because you are always going to have that perseverance and resilience as part of your core. And I think you've reassured me of that in, in so many times and in so many ways. And sometimes reminded me as well that it's come back to that feeling of like, yeah, but I should be earning that. It's actually sometimes not about the money. It's about me panicking. And that has been really helpful. And I think it's really important to be so honest about money. And so sometimes it is about money going, I actually can't afford to pay that at the moment. And what am I going to do? And at other times mm. it is about then and not feeling this is not what I expected. This is not what I deserved. Yeah, I totally hear you on that. And I think with me, like to be really honest about how I've made it work since 2008. And I've talked before about how it shifted over the years. It's been this kind of gentle, playful energy where it's there's an invitation to this could be interesting to try, but my paying of the mortgage and paying for food shopping and looking after the kids isn't dependent on it. So yeah. I feel very driven by the basics being covered outside of the playfulness of my creative mentoring because... I feel like otherwise it feels too difficult to be playful and to try things and to invite energy in. It feels like it's coming from a different place. So it's very personal and I might move past that in time. But for me, I have my commissioners. I have people that I know will commission me to do specific pieces of work. And that feels very secure. Obviously, I've mentioned the cash flow thing, but it feels, yes, that money will come in. It'll be X amount. And that means that everything's covered. So I always work on that premise every single month. I've heard people say, oh, I've got three to six months of mortgage payments saved. I don't have that. No, I, I, I don't have that. People do, people do have that to kind of go okay I feel secure because I've got that maybe if I'd heard that before I'd started I might have thought like that but I've always worked it like this since 2017 since I've started creatively conscious I wanted to have this brand I wanted to put my values out there and work under those values and show up for pieces of work that felt like they were mine and belonged to the company that I'd set up and I feel like all of it's okay. All of it's fine. I think that this, the big, the bigger, scarier moments for me around scarcity have been around waiting for funding decision outcomes that were tied to cultural venues and organizations that were completely beyond my control. If that manager decided to leave or anything like that, or if the funding didn't come off, then I had, I didn't have anything to be able to pay the bills with. It was yep. just, that felt far more scary than embracing this beautiful kind of way of being this, yeah, international kind of, I do feel like international now. Like I said, I yeah. feel I can say it, I feel like, yeah, we can work with people all over the world. And I did just on Monday, like that's yeah. an amazing thing, isn't it? It's beautiful. And I think you've hit the nail on the head there that for so many people, it's really important to acknowledge that our company of one might well be supported by whether it's a specific type of work we do within our company of one, whether it's employed piece of work that comes as a kind of complement to our own company mm -hmm. running alongside it. For most people, for a lot of their time, they're going to need to have certain type of work, whether or not it's freelance work that is almost like a form of employment because it's mm -hmm. regular and repetitive or it's 
appliance on a retainer yes. or it's a product that you can always make on the cheap and will always sell at Christmas. Mm-hmm. Whether or not those anchors, as you say, that we yeah, put in place, that is then what gives us the liberation to go and explore and be these creative, brave, persevering companies of one because it would be remiss. We are not single women in our 20s. We are adults with responsibilities that we need to honor and respect. Looking way beyond where our children are now, looking into a future and what that future might look like. And that honest conversation about that always being a part of the decision-making process is one I'm just so delighted to be having with you. I could happily talk to you for hours about this. And I feel that I'd be really interested to know what you, the listener, would like us to draw out from today's conversation. I think there've been so many interesting things around money, around funding, around those periods of real busyness and how you're making that balance work when there is just that influx of work coming in. So please do let us know, comment Mm. on the stack because this is the space for you. and. Over the summer, we want to keep some beautiful conversations going over on that platform and Substack. So it's been really amazing seeing the notifications of comments coming in. It feels like this is the community we were meant to set up. And I'm yeah, so grateful. Absolutely. And the place for it as well. I think just yeah. that kind of energy that feels very inviting and very safe. And it's a closed space. People have to be interested yeah. in their subject matter and they have to feel connected to the subject matter. It feels like we can have our voice heard. And we can all talk to each other in the comments, which feels really lovely. And I think even with, we said across social media and what we might put out across social media, but even in these podcasts, there is so much depth that you can't possibly get across unless somebody asks the question. And I'm, I'm like an open book, honestly, anything that anybody wants to ask about how I've done it, how I'll continue to do it. If I've got a slow cooker or not, whatever it is, (laughs) I do, whatever it is, like I'm really, I just really want to share because if this had existed when I was desperately trying to grasp onto how on earth I was going to make it all work in 2014 when my son was born, I would have mm-hmm. just, yeah, just, yeah, just absorbed it all and more. I just feel like it's so important for us to acknowledge that, yes, it's all possible, but it's very complicated at times and we want to open that complexity up for more conversation and if you are nodding along fervently with everything claire has said please make sure that you like the episode wherever you're listening from but we would love you to come over and subscribe to company of two on substack we will be back very soon with another episode thank you so much for joining us as we have explored all things honesty claire and i will see you very soon bye-bye bye-bye